0: hello and welcome everybody to episode 13 of the podcast i'm michael i'm noah and we are the knights of entertainment a podcast covering deep dives into your favorite unknown comic books movies games and more weekly we appreciate you tuning in and hope you enjoy the show this is what we are covering this evening we got movies there you go But before we do, please like, comment, subscribe, uh, check out our promo for Coffee Brand Coffee, K-O-E-Pod, and uh, like, share, and subscribe. Uh,
1: let's go ahead and get into it. Alright, so today, I got three movies, more or less, to cover. So we got the 1983 Scarface, we've got 1999 Deep Blue Sea, and we got a little short film that I saw the other day called One Like It. Just a 2022, no, 2020 Egyptian short film. Alright, so let's start with Scarface. Now everyone knows Scarface. It's it's you know Tony Montana. It's Scarface. <laughs> it's basically uh, the classic gangster movie, the quintessential gangster movie. It's the story of a Cuban ref- refugee, uh, Tony Montana, starts at a dishwasher in Miami, goes out to be the uh, the drug kingpin of Miami. Basically, that's that's everyone everyone knows Scarface. So. So the, this is a convoluted intro, introduction, by the way. So this Scarface was inspired by a 1932 movie called Scarface, The Shame of a Nation, or The Shame of the Nation. It's either of a or of the, they, they changed the title, Yeah. which itself was inspired by a book, a 1930 novel called Scarface, written by Armitage Trail. That book was inspired by the actual gangster Al Capone. <laughs> So it's just a whole domino up and down, or all the way up. So, uh, as I said before, I like to talk about just certain things within a movie that I really enjoyed instead of giving the whole movie because it'd be like a two-hour video if I did three yeah, movies.
0: Yeah. It'd be a, a complete breakdown reaction.
1: It'd be like a whole, yeah, pretty much a whole goddamn uh, deep dive into like into the Mariana Trench. <laughs> so basically, we, go, we, we start with the part where Tony goes to Bolivia to meet this guy named Alejandro Sosa on behalf of his boss, Frank Lopez, to make a deal. And uh, Tony uh, does an unauthorized deal for more product than he was supposed to. Because basically, Sosa has... He's like the manufacturer of cocaine. He's got cocaine out the ass in Bolivia. They're just making it barrel after barrel of cocaine or whatever they're putting it in. But he has no distribution system. He wants frank lopez tony's boss to take over the distribution of cocaine to america so tony does the uh he he disobeys orders and he takes a a a deal that frank lopez didn't authorize which by the way frank lopez didn't even do anything about it if if one of your subordinates in the in the criminal underworld disobeys one of your orders more than likely he's going to try to kill you someday
0: Uh, then you get into like the uh, what is that power
1: yeah that that seems more realistic to me. I'm like, let let me let me deal with this disappointed underling before he kills me in my sleep or something. <laughs> but he never does. And lo and behold, actually, he does try to kill Tony, but for a completely unrelated reason. He just made him mad one day. <laughs> like like legit, they were at the bar, the Babylon Club, which is like like they're like four. It's like that, that scene is like the Babylon Club is like a, a set scene for like four scenes. He, they're there four times in this movie. It's like a regular location. Oh, by the way, this movie is like 2 hours and 50 minutes long. So if you're ready, you buckle up. That's without commercials. That's like on Hulu. How close is that to The Godfather? The Godfather is like 15 hours long. (laughs) Nowhere near. (laughs) So... Yeah, so Tony eventually kills Frank for an unrelated reason. Actually, he doesn't kill Frank. He has Manny, Tony's best friend, like, I kill this fucking cockroach. Like, I'm not going to kill you. Manny, kill this guy. This It's a perfect gangster moment. He has another guy kill the guy. And then he takes over... The, the, the drug empire And him and Sosa they, they have a montage And it's just They're just making money Upon money Like we should be doing We should Instead of this podcast We should be selling drugs Making millions of dollars <laughs> Like they're just making money Upon money And you would think Making money No problem But guess what Problem <laughs> Because they're, they're uh, They have to wa- They have to launder this money And make it clean because they, how do they explain you have all this money just all of a sudden and you're fucking... See, that's
0: my theory for Mattress Farm. Is it just a money laundering <laughs> just scheme? just a money... Because play- <laughs> you never see anybody inside of there.
1: Ever. Sometimes I do wonder about businesses. Like, you guys are open <laughs> and no one ever comes in here, but you guys never close. <laughs> but maybe we shouldn't ask him that many questions before we go missing. <laughs> so, this bank manager or bank guy that he's going to... That lying to. he's like i can't take any more of this money the irs is sniffing around i have to raise your interest rates so we can keep uh, you know this business going tony's like man it raised my interest he's, he's fucking pissed <laughs> like you gonna raise some interest rates on a gangster so he, he was not having it so manny tony's friend was like i know this guy sidle you take him the money all of it and he can launder it for you uh, he'll give you actual checks And at a lower rate, you'll be making just a bunch of bank. Tony's like, okay, let me do that. And uh, it's a long scene, by the way. They're counting the money, right? And they count the first batch as like 1 point something million or 2 point something million and it's like uh, he's like he's saying it's 2.1 and tony's like eh, i got 2.6 let's count it again man <laughs> and he, I'm, like, they're like, I'm not about to count this money again <laughs> so, so the side bomb just like waves it off like oh it's just change whatever they show a clock and it has one time and then it's like hours later the same location so it's letting you know just, they've been there for hours yeah and uh i'm out of breath already I'm working on it, but uh, as I get better, I won't be at his bad. Be- I, I can tell you guys hear me breathing all the time, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get better at it. <laughs> so the, they finally count. The, they're at the very last of the money to count, right? So we got one more left. They bring it in, and then all of a sudden, fucking side Bomb pulls out a gun on Tony. And his partner in the room pulls out a gun on Tony's partner. And you find out that they're cops. It's like, oh, you're under arrest. And Tony's like, fuck. <laughs> they caught me. So here's the thing, they can't arrest Tony for any actual. They got no evidence on actual drug dealing, murders, anything. But they can actually have him arrested for tax evasion. Same thing with Al Capone. Exactly. He got yeah. 11 years for tax evasion. Destroyed Al Capone's empire. <laughs> he had syphilis too, so he rotted his brain. Uh, so Tony's gonna get five years. And then Manny's like, uh, five years in American prison? That's like a hotel. And Tony's like, are you fucking, uh, five years? Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, he's been in jail one time, and he is never going back, no matter how much time it is. So Tony's like, fuck, what do I do now? So Tony meets with Sosa. And Sosa tells him, like, I heard about your troubles with the uh, U.S. government. I, can, I, can, I got some friends in Washington who will just completely, you know, take care of that for you. But I need a favor in return. So it's a favor for a favor. There's this guy that's been going all over Bolivia, uh, pretty much just uh, exposing Sosa and his partners' uh, drugs and illegal dealings, everything, right? And at first, they didn't really pay, pay much attention to it. But now people are really listening. And now he's going on, na- on, like, international news. It's going on 60 Minutes. He's going to France, just talking about how bad the how corrupt Bolivia is. So now Sosa's like, well, we got to take care of this guy. And he's going to give a, a speech at uh, the UN in New York. And uh, <laughs> Sosa has a guy named Alberto who's uh, an expert in disposal, yeah. which is just assassination. He's, just, he's good at killing. The only problem is he doesn't speak English and he doesn't know his way around America. That's what they need Tony for. He takes this guy... He takes him around, he helps him out. The guy puts, uh, does his thing. Done. So they do, they go to New York. By the way, the actor that played, uh, Alberto is a Mark Margulis. Margulis, hope I said that right. He's the guy that played Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad. It's the old guy in the wheelchair. About to pass out. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm getting better at it. Uh, so they go to New York. Uh, one night they stake out the the guy. They don't even give the guy a name. I looked at the uh, the credits. Yeah, the guy they killed. Just, I don't. I couldn't find who it is. So I'm just gonna call the guy. So, Sosa put or, uh, Alberto puts a bomb underneath the guy's car, and Sosa wants to make a message. He wants to them to blow the car at the steps of the UN building. So when he drives up there, and they're like, "Okay, no problem," but there is a problem as they're driving there the next morning following the guy because he's got a radio controlled uh, a button to uh, activate the bomb they gotta stay within certain range the guy's wife and kids are in the car he's like the wife and two little baby girls well little toddlers and he's like well fuck I can't uh, Tony's like Alberto's cool I'm about to kill all four of these people I'm gonna have a good night's sleep Tony's like, I can't kill women and children. I'm not a fucking monster like you. I don't give a shit. He gets, he's like, loses his shit, right? Before Alberto can blow the bomb, uh, Tony kills him. And then he goes right, he goes right back to Miami. <laughs> so he, uh, he goes right back to Miami. So we're coming close to the part that I enjoy most in this movie. I had to give that, all that exposition just for this one part. So Tony gets back to his house. He gets on the phone with Sosa, and Sosa's like, "What happened, Tony?" He's like, "Oh, you know, shit happens. I can't do a good I can't do a good Tony face. He's like, oh, you know, Mang, what can I tell you, man? I always say Mang like Mango. I like saying with the G instead of Man. He says Man, but I like to say hey, It's like, "Oh, you know, manga things happen. We'll, we'll get him next time." Sorry, I'm butchering the Tony Soprano. <laughs> Uh, and he's, he's He's like He's got a fucking Pile of cocaine Like he's he's He dumps it on his desk Right Cause he's talking to Sosa In his office Over the phone And Sosa's on a speaker It's like What happened Tony Tell me what happened And he's like Oh you know Shit happened He's fucking uh, Cleaning his hands Trying to get the dust Of cocaine off his fingers <laughs> And he's snorting cocaine. <laughs> so, so it's so, uh, so, so, like, there's not, like, uh, we can't get him again, Tony. They found the bomb. Now he's got security of, all, like, all kinds of security. We're never going to get him again. Like, you, you fucked me, Tony. So, here's, <laughs> okay. So, when he first, when Tony first met Sosa, he told him, I'll tell you only one thing. Don't fuck me, Tony. Don't ever fuck me. That's his only rule. Don't ever fuck Alejandro Sosa. So he's like, what did I tell you when we first met you, little fucking monkey? I said not to fuck me. And you (laughs) fucked me. He was so mad. And then Tony... Like he, Tony's always had a bad temper. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Who the fuck? He's like, He's practically barking like a dog. He's so mad. He grabs the speaker. I, this is this is the funniest part to me. It gets me out of the movie, but it's so funny that I, it, it, in a good way. So he grabs the speaker and he just starts fumbling. Like, Wait, who the fuck? <laughs> he's trying to hold on to the speaker, right? And it's like fumbling out of his hands. And uh, eventually he grabs it and he starts screaming to Sosa and then he actually slams it down on purpose like, like it was all part of his plan and then he tries to grab it again and he's like oh fuck this fucking speaker so the actor Al Pacino is struggling with the speaker while still trying to play Tony Montana <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how to, it's, it's the best scene in that fucking movie just watching fucking Al Pacino like this fucking speaker <laughs> Uh, It's like uh, two hours, 24 minutes into the movie Mm -hmm. I call it the speaker fumble He's just like God God, dang it (laughs) It is the best part of that whole movie I guarantee it Go watch it Two hours, 24 minutes in Watch fucking Tony Montana Try to hold on to this fucking speaker To save his life (laughs) So uh, yeah I pretty pretty much should have said all that Just to get to the speaker part (laughs) That's my favorite part of that uh, Scarface So now we got uh, one more thing uh so tony has a real well one more thing that i noticed that i never thought about when i first saw these movies tony has a real weird relationship with his sister like uh he's like overly protective and mm-hmm. like a like a <laughs> with his temper so uh, he after he made, becomes a big shot, he goes back home. I guess his family his mom and his sister live in Miami, mm-hmm. but he never he's never visit, visited them until now, like halfway through the movie or some shit. Uh his, his sister's name is Gina, and <laughs> it's fucking mom's name. You know what they called it in the, her in the credits? Her name is Mama Montana. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the greatest name that's ever heard in my fucking life, Mama Montana. <laughs> And so, his mom wants nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Like you're just as bad as all the other ones they see in the newspapers. You're a drug dealer. Get the fuck out of my house. Say like, okay, mama. Mm-hmm. And he fucking Tony gets up in his suit. It's like I see, he always always fucking wiping his hands <laughs> or some shit. Is <laughs> what I see in my head. <laughs> he gives Gina like a thousand dollars, and uh, he leaves. And in the car's Manny, his best friend, who drove him there. Like, you know, Tony doesn't drive himself. It's Tony fucking Montana. <clears throat> And his friends like Manny's like, oh, your sister's really, wrong. hot. He starts like, ah, ah. Like, <laughs> that's that's how that's the reaction he had. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> don't you ever talk about my fucking sister. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how fucking. You did you hear me? Because I don't know if I cut out. You cut out a little bit. He's just like, ah, ah. He just fucking barks at fucking his, like that's how mad he got in that split second. Like some like he just caught his wife cheating is what it looked like. It's like how fucking dare you? Like you want to talk about my sister. So that's 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 one. That's red flag number 1.
0: Uh, see you and uh, you and him have something in common. Oh, dude.
1: What, I, I can't stand him. I want to kick my sister in the face every time I see her. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you won't bark like a dog. That to nobody, no. We should get out of this damn house, actually. <laughs> so, uh, the next time you see his sister she's at the Babylon Club it's Mm -hmm. always the fucking Babylon Club he doesn't go anywhere else and uh, she's dancing with some guy and Tony's watching her like what the fuck is she doing who's she dancing with is she is he grabbing her fucking ass oh shit he's so fucking mad he gets up and he follows him they they go to the bathroom right Mm -hmm. and they go into one of the men's stalls and they start snorting cocaine Tony kicks the door who the fuck's going on here and he beats the hell out of the guy and he fucking slapped the shit out of his sister like no one does cocaine in this family but me (laughs) and he fucking slaps the shit out of her fucking knocks her to the ground I don't know I don't know what they did to that poor guy they probably beat the hell out of him probably cut his arms off too (laughs) so that's two weird reactions well that one the second one I understand because you know they're doing cocaine like come on now with some strange guy that he doesn't want her involved with yeah here comes number three so his mom calls him up at toward the end of the movie and she's like I can't find Gina. I don't know where she is. It's like don't worry, I'll find her. So Tony goes and Fontra looks for her. He goes to this house and lo and behold, Manny opens the door, his best friend. And he's he's in a bathroom. He's, he gives him this real real smug look on his face like hey Tony. <laughs> and up in the staircase comes out Gina in a bathrobe. He's like what the fuck (laughs) so I guess you know Manny and Gina were hooking up yeah and Tony being Tony fucking Montana well I guess no more friendship and he kills Manny right then and there like fucking two shots boom boom and then Gina comes down fucking crying she's like we just got married yesterday he's like oh fuck (laughs) so he pretty much Manny's been there the whole fucking movie he's been sound advice but he he just fucking kills him (laughs)
0: like
1: that so that's an, like, over his sister, which I don't understand what his obsession is with his sister. <laughs> so they, they drag T- Gina back to their, his, Tony's mansion, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, this is, this is really pretty much after the Sosa thing. So now Sosa's going to send a bunch of soldiers to kill Tony because mm-hmm. they're going to go to war. So this is pretty smart too Like instead of like Letting Tony have a second To like Get ready for war They just sent like Fucking 90 dudes That night it seemed like Just to kill him that quick (laughs) So you know The whole military strategy Of strike first Yep And Um he doesn't know what's happening. Tony's just killed his best friend. He's sitting in his office. He's got a pile of cocaine. He's snorting. Like, I mean, when I mean a pile, I mean a pile of cocaine. Like a fucking pile of cocaine. I'm just like... Mountain. Yeah, he's like... He's just fucking snorting it up his nose. I think I read somewhere that it's actually baby laxative that he was snorting. Like oh, it, God. It fucked up uh, Al Pacino's nose. <laughs> but uh, he's like... Uh, he's out of it. He's just he's like a thousand yard stare. And gina comes in she's still in her bathrobe, and she's like hey tony and she starts talking to him like in a weird seductive voice So, like, well tony you won't let any other any other man touch me so now i guess you will be the man basically she's like come on tony fuck me tony oh god yeah god, it, she had a mental break uh-huh so she says all that right while simultaneously pulling a gun out and fucking blasting at him <laughs> and tony's like so when she said that right the whole having sex with her thing. Tony was had a thousand yard stout, right? But then he's like, he had like this, like disgusted, confused look on his face. Like, what? So now you know that he didn't have some weird, sexual inses- right. liking to his Just sister. Just overprotective. But, but like beyond like what any normal human being, whatever, you know what I mean? He's fucking, he fucking almost bit Manny's nose off the first time he t- complimented his sister. He killed some guy in a fucking bath, uh, bathroom, killed Manny. <laughs> That's the second time. So I don't know. I don't understand. So she's fucking shooting at him. Fucking, t- he takes one to the leg. She can't shoot for shit. <laughs> well, no, she's not trained to. And Tony's like, whoa, shit. It actually like the only time. Well, I'll tell you about it in a second. So, and then she ends up getting killed by one of the Sosa's men. Uh, so, yeah. That was a weird way to end. The family... Tony's family Tony fucked up his mom's life. Because, uh, spoilers, if you guys haven't seen a 1983 movie, but Tony Montana dies at the end. Yeah. So, he dies and Gina dies and Mama Montana's left with nobody. <laughs> That's a weird fucking name. <laughs> uh, so what was I going to talk about I had something really important right so anyway so it's Scarface great fucking movie plus there's like a thousand it's one of the most quotable movies in all of cinema history Mm -hmm. you can say hello to my little friend you've got uh, you got two two banger lines within one scene where Manny and Tony are talking right before they really hit big and he's like uh, Tony's like both came from Tony he's like the eyes they never lie and then he's got another one. He says, like, uh, Manny's like, no, Tony says, like, I just want what's coming to me. And Manny's like, well, what's coming to you? It's like the world, Chico, and everything in it. <laughs> <laughs> they have one where Tony blows up at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he, all the people are, like, looking at him because he's all drunk and high and everything. And then they ask him to leave for the patrons or the owners but they really they, they can't really ask a drug dealer to leave yeah <laughs> especially the kingpin the kingpin of drugs but he leaves right he's all drunk and high he looks at, he looks at all the people that are all staring at him It's like oh you, you need people like me that, that way you, you can point and say no, there's the fucking bad guy like something <laughs> like that that's a really good line mm-hmm. and they've got the uh, let's see <laughs> the one where he's screaming at his wife like who put this together me who do I trust me that's who (laughs) nobody else but myself pretty much yeah um I should have wrote them down but I was watching the movie I was so engrossed of course there's the fucking uh, album the Sosa sign I only tell you one time don't ever fuck me don't you ever the Sosa does not want to have sex with anybody apparently don't you ever fuck me don't you ever don't don't ever like he cannot stay like don't you ever he takes his celibacy serious he takes his celibacy real serious (laughs) Uh, so of course spoilers Tony does die at the end of the movie it had to happen it was just him against like 90 fucking dudes (coughs) he even had like an M16 with a grenade launcher attachment but it wasn't enough Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, but lucky for anyone that wants to uh, continue Tony's story in an alternate dimension or alternate timeline there's two avenues that you can watch or do that'll continue Tony's story Mm-hmm. Don't you knock my mic over. <laughs> you can either follow this comic book from IDW. They released a limited series titled uh, Scarface, Scarred for Life, which is says that Tony didn't die in this universe. So his story after what happened at the end of the movie. Right. Or you can play the old Xbox, PS2, fucking Wii, Microsoft Windows uh, video game. Called Scarface, the world is yours. That you uh, you follow Tony. You actually you, the the game starts right as the uh, the mansion's attacked at the end of the movie. But you fight your way out and you survive. Hmm. You got to rebuild your drug empire. Yeah, I played that game right. And <laughs> if I remember anything, was when I was my building my drug empire, I had to take a boat to one of the islands off of uh, uh, Florida go pick up some cocaine and if I messed up the mini game on the cocaine uh, purchase the guys would get mad and they would beat the hell out of you and piss all over you and uh, if (laughs) there was no social media right so if you could kill these guys before they told anybody no one would know that Tony Montana got pissed on yeah like Tony has a famous line like uh, when you're fucking with me you're fucking with the best and I was like well you're pissing on me you're pissing on the best (laughs) so you gotta kill him when you get a chance (laughs) don't you let people piss on you is what I'm saying (laughs) No
0: golden showers.
1: Yeah, man, they piss all over him. He's just like, I fucking drowned I'm like, damn, Tony Montana. Close your fucking mouth at least as they piss all over you. <laughs> right, so that's Scarface. Watch it. I mean, if you're a cinema buff like I am, you you have to eventually. And I've, I've seen it all. Not really. I don't watch horror movies. I'm not going to watch Human Centipede. <laughs> All right, so we move on. (laughs) Moving on, moving on. (laughs) Change the subject real fast. I don't like, I don't like horror. I mean, I don't mind certain horror, like uh, those Insidious movies or uh, the Conjuring universe. Mm -hmm. Why did that make my throat hurt? But like uh, the Saw. Yeah. just or anything with like body dysmorphia, like body like horror, where your like body gets mutated or something. Yeah. like the fly. I don't know. I just I don't like grotesque, is what I should say like gore for gore's sake is disgusting to me I can't watch certain seg- segments in uh, Jackass anymore from those old movies oh yeah I can't watch half yeah. of this the fucking paper cuts where they cut in, they cut in between their fingers and their toes yeah I'm like see the
0: worst that I, the worst one that I can't watch without just starting to vomit is the one where they have the fat dude in the suit and they're making he sweat sweaty. oh yeah. I can't even watch. and then this. they
1: drink the sweat oh, don't say that <laughs> don't say that please <laughs> <laughs> moving on moving on So we got uh, this little movie I saw the other day called One Like It. 2020 Egyptian short film. 14 minutes long. It's on Netflix. And basically the story just follows this young Egyptian woman as she goes about her daily life at at work and interacting with people. And it's how she has the way she is, right? The way we see her. But then we we see the viewpoint of people talking to her and how they actually view her. And it's kind of cool because... so it starts in the morning with her mom waking her up, and she she calls her mom a, a sweetheart, you know. She and she her mom still sees her as a little girl. So when she's getting ready for uh, like her hair, right? She she visions her as a little girl with pigtails. Mm-hmm. When she puts her lunch in her little briefcase, her mom sees her putting her lunch in a fucking backpack like a little girl. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So her mom still sees her as a little girl. Getting driven driven to her job by her boyfriend, her boyfriend at first sees her as this like just gorgeous girl next door, long hair, gold. Oh wait, I missed one. Fuck. As she's leaving her house and she's uh, she has to cut past this Muslim man and his family and go down the stairs, and she's just wearing a regular business dress suit, you know, gray white shirt, just regular. He sees her with long red hair a bunch of makeup loose clothes just like a whore apparently that's <laughs> his, this is his vision of a whore yeah. or his idea of a whore is her because his wife is all dressed up in the whole black mm-hmm. robe thing like, you can't even see her face yeah So just all because, you see is the eyes sticking out yeah so just yeah. because she dresses like a typical person now right with a business suit that's what he sees a whore so her boyfriend uh when they first uh, when she first gets in the car, like I haven't seen you since yesterday, so he's he sees her like as like the most beautiful woman he's in the world in, in his eyes. Right. But when they start arguing about the uh, moving in together, right, he sees her as like a police officer, military. She's got like, the beret, military <laughs> dress on, and she's just like a stern military or police officer. <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know what the police or military dress is in egypt so like i didn't know what she what she was i'm assuming she's a cop yeah so now he sees her as a cop like really strict or like a drill sergeant or a drill sergeant yeah uh so at work she's in the bathroom and this woman this this is the part that i think it's how she sees herself because the woman's talking about how uh, guys have been because of your cleavage guys have been seeing down your shirt all day but, like, the woman, she's got a long, high, uh, white shirt. There's no cleavage to see. So, the young woman starts seeing herself in, like, this black shirt buttoned all the way up to her fucking neck. One of those college black shirts. She's got a bun tied all the way to the back of her head. She's, like, pulling her skin back. Like, really, like, gray, like, complexion. And I, st- I, I, I don't think that that's how the woman that she was talking to saw her. I think that's how she saw herself right. sometimes, right? In the worst possible light. So, uh, plus she looked a lot older. So uh, I don't know why this woman told her all this stuff. No one's staring at her. There's no way to look. So she made herself conscious. I guess that's why she was yeah. looking like that. That's it. It's 14 minutes long. <laughs> 14 minutes. It's not bad. Would you rec- Would you recommend it? Yeah, because it got me thinking about how people perceive. Like no one thinks how they 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 have a way they see themselves, right? Mm-hmm. because they're they're themselves the whole fucking day all day until they're asleep. They have that sense of consciousness of themselves. They don't think about how other people perceive them as well. I never thought about that.
0: What kind of goes like with the um like how you perceive colors? Who's to say that your blue looks like everybody else's blue? Uh, well, I guess that's true. You wouldn't know. There's no way to know. So how you see yourself, it is kind of... Uh, what would you consider it? Uh, esoteric to think about
1: how other people view you? Yeah, Consciousness is the wild thing. Hmm? Like um, me, I'm the most important man in the world, but not to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Moving on. We finish up with Deep Blue Sea, 1999 film. And some of the interesting stuff that I... You're gonna. Here we go. You're gonna find out some stuff about me. Uh, so, deep blue seas. Basically, uh, th- these two scientists are at some uh, an underwater facility out in the middle of nowhere, and they're trying to figure out a way to cure Alzheimer's. They they think that they by uh, they're trying to grow this particular protein in the brains of mako sharks. That they right. feel can reactivate the brain cells in human beings. The only problem is, they had, it's against company policy to genetically alter the sharks in any way. Right. They could use like hormone boosters or just physical or certain therapy, but they can't actually genetically alter them. Right. They did. And as a side effect of that genetic alteration, the sharks became smarter. Because mm-hmm. they, they, apparently they couldn't harvest enough protein in the, because of the current size of the sharks' brains. Right. They had to increase them. So the sharks uh, pretty much flip. They find a perfect opportunity because there's a storm coming. Uh, there is, there's a skeleton, skeleton crew on the weekends. So they find a perfect time to try to escape. So they fuck up the whole facility <laughs> in a weird, really weird way. And they somehow get a helicopter to, to fucking slam it inside, inside of the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch it, I understand. <laughs> it's wild. Um... So that's basically it. The, the people, the, the small group that's uh, trapped underwater in the facility have to try to get to the surface with the, while they're having sharks just completely wrecking the whole place. So what I wanted to talk about was... Not that. Here we go. So at the very beginning of the movie, the the sharks, uh, one of them had actually found a way to escape. Mm-hmm. And was attacking this small boat with four with uh, fourteen teenagers on it. They were having a little party out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, the sharks attacked. A shark attacked it. It's a big ass shark, like fifty feet wide long. So it's just tearing the sport apart. Yeah. And somehow all four of the kids fall over the edge. I'm like, well, God dang, all four of you, huh? But uh, one of the one of the shark wrangler for the facility, Carter is able to tranquilize the shark before they can hurt anybody but it gets on the news so the head of the uh research Dr. McAllister has to go to Chimera HQ the Chimera is a company right and explain what happened and uh she's she's uh, the other character Russell Franklin has sunk in 200 million dollars into this company and like they're worried about the stock market because it's Friday the stock market's closed until Monday but they, when they, Monday rolls around the fucking stock market's gonna crash on their company and their company's fucked that's what they're worried about right but she's like listen if you come this weekend I promise we'll have this we'll, we'll show you some like experiment or we'll show you some progress that'll completely skyrocket the, you know they talk about money we'll get you some extra money no not extra but we'll increase the stock and you'll be fucking banking Basically, money's to, what they're saying, money is, uh, pays for everything. Right. Or it moves everything. I don't know why I'm going on this weird tangent. <laughs> that's not exactly, that's not even close to what I'm meant to talk about. Basically, she's saying that if they give them the weekend to prove the research is working, that they won't uh, shut down the, uh, the research. Mm-hmm. And uh, Franklin's like, okay, well, we'll see what to, we'll, we'll uh, let, it, let it slide or let it roll. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about is during the scene it's at the HQ it's at like the office of somebody and there's just a guy sitting in the chair and Franklin and McAllister two of the main characters they're talking back and forth she's talking about how her father had Alzheimer's and this is research is important to her he's worried about the stock tanking on the company because he's invested 200, 000, $200 million dollars yeah. that's their little side of the story and this is a dude sitting in the chair behind the desk and he doesn't say a single fucking word the, the, entire wh- time. the whole scene and I'm like what are you here for and not only does he not say a word but they even have like a reaction shot of him real quick where he's like reacting to what she says like oh your father but he doesn't say anything he's like oh like he's all you know huh. like it touches his heart right but I'm mm-hmm. like what are you here for who the fuck are you I, I watched this scene three times and I'm like what, what, what are you fucking here? who the fuck are you if someone can solve that mystery for me please there's just a random dude that has nothing to do with the fucking scene it's just Russell Franklin and McAllister talking and some fucking dude in the corner like like I say the corner but he's sitting in the middle between both of them I'm like why what is he here for I I didn't understand that scene at all made it realistic somebody there that nobody even pays attention to apparently the way (laughs) he's seated in the chair right looks like he's the fucking CEO of the company and not Russell Franklin so I'm like, what, what the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Whatever. It, it drives me fucking mad. I hate shit like that. It drove me no fucking madness. <laughs> All right, so... The next thing I wanted to talk about was my favorite character. Uh, Sherman Preacher Dudley. <laughs> played by LL Cool J himself. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, uh, of course, after the the shark's fuck up the facility there, there's three levels to the facility and they're all getting flooded uh they're in the second level the main group of survivors and Franklin's on the first level but all three of them are still in the ground
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know he's like he has no idea what's going on because he's not connected to what happened he's just in. The, he's a chef he's in the kitchen cooking and so when when shit starts blowing up around him and then the place starts flooding he's confused so he's like probably the most relatable character. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is going on? He's walking, so he's walking through this uh, uh, this hallway and it is just full of water, like up to his chest. And it's, it's cold. He's like fucking freezing. But the reason this character endeared to me was because there's a Playboy floating around, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, let me look at this Playboy real quick. <laughs> like he legit goes through this Playboy. And like it, like he's on he's in a death situation this would be the same thing i would do i could be in a burning building but let me check out this playboy real quick before before i catch on fire <laughs> so I, I looked up the playboy Yes, yeah, that's who i am that's who i am <laughs> uh so okay so it's the uh july 1998 issue you know what made me mad the cover price was four dollars and 98 cents I was like, "Damn! They, now it's like fourteen bucks for a magazine." <laughs> I bought a uh, National Geographic Atlas of the of Great Civilizations or Great Empires, uh-huh. uh, at Walmart it was fourteen ninety nine. God, damn! Good so uh Lord. on the cover is the uh, playman of the Year, Karen McDougal. McDougal? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't That's even know who. Name. I don't even know who that is, McDougal. And uh, there's a bunch of, like, on the, on mm-hmm. the side, there's a bunch of, like, uh, topics that are just going to be covered in the magazine. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote them down. So we got, is Jerry Springer for real? No. A, a hard-hitting Playboy interview. Yeah, he's not for real. We know this now. What else? This one really, really, this one I want to, if someone sent me this magazine, I really want to read this. The South Park guys reinvent porn. I never heard of that, or I don't even know
0: what they would Wait, have look at. Look at Randy all the things that he's done throughout the episodes
1: yeah but this is like 1998 and Hmm. then the show just barely started what did what did exactly they do to reinvent porn and it didn't work because the porn is still the same yeah it's actually more incest than ever actually oh Oh, god step brother
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, just makes you want to just you know let the meteors hit now I'm tired of it all. Just let the years <laughs> and the asteroids
1: come. So then we have uh, Ken Griffey Jr. by Tom Boswell. Just a short story. Mm-hmm. We got The Tricks of Speed Seduction. We got James Bond's new thriller. I was like, oh, what, what James Bond thriller came out in 1998? So I, this was the Pierce Brosnan era of yeah, Bond movies. Yeah. So I looked up all the movies around that time. So the first one was GoldenEye in 1995. So it couldn't be that one. No, no. The next one is Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997. It could be that one, like a really early mm-hmm. ad in the book. Yeah. And it, the only closer one is the, or later one is The World Is Not Enough in 1999. So I don't know exactly what new James Bond thriller. It could be about the uh, the last one right there,
0: due to the fact that they may have been, you know, like with trailers and stuff like that. Oh, like earlier? Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. But uh, then I look this up. There's a book that came out starring James Bond called The Facts of Death by Raymond Benson. It came out May 7th, 1998. Hmm. The US first handbook, hardback edition, was June 1998. So, new thriller, it had to be that book. Yeah. It's the only thing yeah. that would make any sense. Because usually, thriller is a book. It, yeah. It's usually a book type
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My, my detective juice is going on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, then we had uh, 20 questions with Craig Kilborn. Who I found out was actually the first host of The Daily Show, before Jon Stewart. Yeah. Three years before Jon Stewart. Before, who is it now? Uh, it was Noah Trevor. Now it's, it's they're kind of cycling new ones.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say, eh,
1: it's kind of just kind of progressively got worse over time. <laughs> Here's a little fact about Craig Gilborn for me, actually, so you know about me. Craig Kilborn, after The Daily Show, did The Late Late Show Mm -hmm. with Craig Kilborn. The show after the Late late Night Show after the David Letterman show Mm -hmm. in 2004, he was replaced or he left by Craig Ferguson Mm -hmm. from 2004 to like 2000 what fourteen ten?
0: Yeah, that's a good good time.
1: That is my favorite late night show of all time the late, late show with craig ferguson you, yeah i want to watch every single two thousand something episodes i want to watch every single one if someone has them all recorded send them to me
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see the only one i can think of that uh, that i was drawn to mostly you know whatever what i would have been it was after high school but like uh, conan yeah i watched that a lot too because whenever he left, uh what was it? Uh, NBC, I The think? Tonight Show. Yeah. Whenever Jay Leno. He got yeah. actually
1: kicked out like an asshole. Yeah,
0: yeah. He got kind of weaseled out of it again by but Jay Leno because Jay Leno wanted to come back. Why the fuck did you leave They just wanted an extended vacation, you asshole. See, I was Team Coco whenever he went to TBS. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll go to that. I'll, I'll go watch that. But uh,
1: is it, hasn't he retired now too? He does like a really like structured down late night show, like a podcast version, kinda. Does he now? I think everybody does podcast now. Yeah, I <laughs> like that's comment true. and subscribe. <laughs> Nights of entertainment. <laughs> Man, I just realized I really kind of just fumbled through the whole episode. Uh, but I'll get better at it. I promise. I can't. I can't get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Then you'd be uh, Logan Paul or something, right? I don't know. I'd be rich as hell, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true.
1: So, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh yeah, one quick thing. Uh, the The premise of this movie came about when direct, when screenwriter Doug Kennedy witnessed a horrific shark attack near the beach in, uh, near the, uh, at a beach near his house, mm-hmm. and he gave him recurring nightmares of a shark. Following him through a a flooded corridor Mm -hmm. that could read his mind. That was the Mm. genesis of the. uh, It's kind of like the guy that made the Terminator. Yeah, had dreams about the robots, and that's what made him write Terminator.
0: I mean, look. uh, See, he was onto something that would Skynet. I mean, look what we have now. (laughs) AI is getting so crazy and everything. I love
1: robots. Please don't enslave me. (laughs) Right. So finally, we get to uh, we get to that scene. The last thing I'm gonna talk about that scene. If none of you don't know, if you don't know what Deep Blue Sea that scene is, you, you might as well just stop and watch, go watch the movie. It's an hour and twelve seconds in. And if you don't, you don't care about being spoiled, that scene is where Russell Franklin, who was played by Samuel L. L. Jackson, they're at the third faci- the, the third level of the underwater facility. Him and the last of the survivors are trying to escape. There was a, a submarine down there, but when they get down there, it's fucking demolished. So now they're, they're, they're out of options. The upper deck's flooded. They can't, there's a pool that they can swim through, but it's like 240 feet to the surface. And these sharks swim faster than they, they do. Right. It's a hopeless situation. And they're all like bickering. There's like four of the five of them, including Franklin. But he's like by himself in the next of the pool. And they're all like arguing. They're all freaking out. And uh, he gets to a point where like Franklin's like, that's enough. He takes charge. Like, uh, this is what we're going to do. You understand me? We're going to get out. We're going to put on these wetsuits. We're going to figure out a way out of here. And we're going to (laughs) survive. Right as he says that, out of the pool, the fucking shark comes up and eats him. And drags him back underwater. Like, he gives this fucking... (laughs) He gives this banger speech. He gives this amazing speech, right? And the fucking shark kills him immediately. The funniest part about this is, Carter... The shark wrangler, right? He saw Franklin like maybe he shouldn't be standing so close to the pool. Minutes before he got murdered (laughs) by the shark, it is by far the most ridiculous. Like he's just like he's just giving this amazing speech, Mm -hmm. and they're all listening, right? And then the shark just fucking sideways comes up, grabs his home body, and just drags him underwater. (laughs) Like it's like it's almost like a goofy jump scare. He's like, we will get out of here. <laughs> that's
0: that's
1: that's a rap for Samuel L. Jackson. I so, will to this day.
0: Lesson to uh, to learn.
1: Yeah, don't, stay the fuck away from a pool when there's a bunch of sharks, hunting you. Pay attention to your surroundings. Yeah, Carter told you, don't be so close to the pool, yo. Just saying. <laughs> he even said like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. And he got fucking murdered. <laughs> so that's it that's my three movies i will be doing this regularly and i will be getting better at it three cinema subjects it could be an episode of something a movie a short film do you, so do you recommend deep Sea? i recommend deep Sea. I, I recommend all three of them all three of them except for you have to be real ready for scarface mm-hmm. it is two hours and fifty minutes longer right it is a long haul. I, got, I started... Well, that, that's about how long most Marvel movies are now, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not far off of the mark with that. Like, there, there's no fat on Deep Blue Sea. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it just moves. <laughs> there's no fat on the short film. It's 14 minutes. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, lull.
0: Yeah. So, it, it's kind of like one of those... Uh, it, it, it's one of those slow burn...
1: Type movies slow burn uh well don't expect like hours upon hours of like huge gunfights and battles that's like just,
0: right right that's what i'm saying it's a slow burn so it, it takes a while for it to finally
1: pay off toward the end yeah yeah it's like oh, when you're fucking with me you're fucking with the best so he's getting i'll take all your fucking bullets he's getting fucking shot to shit i'm like see you don't need it you take a <laughs> knee <laughs> take a knee behind some cover they're fucking lighting you up he gets shot in the back with a fucking two piece of a shotgun that, that just fucking tears his whole back open <laughs> blows his asshole out too <laughs> and then he fucking dies in the pool it's a good movie though you have to pretty much watch it if you're a cinema yeah. historian like myself somebody that's basically seen a lot of movies I've seen I've seen I've seen too much (laughs) I don't mean just regular cinema all the cinema all the cinemas. I mean porn (laughs) (laughs) I've done seen it all (laughs) I never really thought about using this uh, vast useless knowledge (laughs) well it's not useless it's you know an art form yeah but now that we found this podcast, I have a way to express my interest in it. <laughs> so it's very enjoyable now uh, because I have a huge, plus, with my little uh, enjoyment of like mysteries and stuff mm-hmm. and my observation skills uh, or my natural observation skills, I always like, I just remember uh, the hundreds of fucking stuff that has no pertinence until I need it. Yeah. I'm very good at it. Please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> All right, so now that that's over, we end the show with some delicious uh, definitions from the only authority on the English language, the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Don't question me. It's the, it's an authority. It's an authority now. It's the authority. The authority. All right, so uh, we'd like to finish it on a little fun high note. All right, let me get prepared for this. All right, so this was uploaded by Question Mark on June eleventh, two <laughs> 2003. <laughs> It's a PJ or yeah, DJ Parrot. Just a horrible vice principal has a microscopic penis. I don't know. Is it some horrible micro vice principal? It's not PC principal. I guess not. <laughs> it's 2003 so I barely not. So this was this one okay, next one. <clears throat> Uploaded by Slayer with 3 A's. So Slayer Slayer Slayer. 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 <laughs> On September 28th, 2014. Riddle yeah it's r i d d e l l i guess I just spell these out oh uh, so it's like the um the helmet company the football Riddle guys
0: riddle yeah
1: oh yeah, i guess it is the uh, the act of having sex with a woman so robotically that she thinks she's having sex with an actual robot <laughs> <laughs> hey, sex robots are almost a thing now, so yeah, i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of porn moving on. <laughs> Uploaded by uh, your fad, any ash. I don't know, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. It's all one word. Uh, on May 19th, 2029, love. <clears throat> Get ready for this one. Something you'll never need in life, and all you need is loyalty. So don't, so don't be a dumbass bitch. Love ain't shit. All you need is loyalty. Someone can love you and still stab you in the back. 21 Savage. <laughs> 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 this guy really hated love.
0: You know, whenever you're reading it, I was automatically thinking, it sounds like a rapper. (laughs)
1: All you need is loyalty. Even when they love you, they stab you in the back. (laughs) Who put this together? Me. (laughs) Who do I trust? Me. Kind of like Tony. I think Tony Montana wrote this (laughs) after his wife left him. (laughs) The only person I trust is myself. (laughs) All right, guys. So that's it for the Cinema Center with uh, Noé and Michael. So if you enjoyed, please
0: enjoy some more if you've got anything that you want uh, Noe over here to watch or speak about just email uh, of Entertainment podcast at gmail.com check out our uh, promo KOE pod at coffee brand coffee Uh, like share subscribe and we will see you next time
1: yeah so yeah I have a bunch of streaming services so if you want to watch something I'll watch it plus if there's any streaming services that want us to watch their streaming service give us a free subscription (laughs) and we'll watch that too (laughs) hey Tubi I hear you have quite the rabbit hole of movies i'll watch your movies it's free it's well there you go (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't know that (laughs) see you guys next time see you later (laughs) adios